Hey, thanks for watching. I'm your host, Chris Wainhart, and this is Gun Stuff. Hey, thanks for waiting as we started our show today. Everyone asks, how come you're always smiling? And uh, the reason why is I'm just laughing at how bad this technology is. We're always having some issues, but we appreciate you folks being here. We'd like to thank our sponsors for today, Adco Super Thumb. Now, if you haven't got one yet, you need a speed loader, you need something for your thumbs. Now, by the way, if you're a muzzle loader, what do you do for a speed loader? The answer to that is coming up in just a little bit. We thank you guys for watching. If you're a law-abiding citizen, you fall right in with our message. Our mission is to arm America, one law-abiding citizen at a time. But you know, uh, we're in this not by ourselves, but there are plenty of opposition. In fact, uh, just recently, Illinois passed what they call the assault weapons ban. Here it is, assault weapons ban, okay? And, and we're not talking salt and pepper here. We're talking about constitutional rights to carry our firearms. The most popular firearms, they're making illegal. You know what? They set the standards. They know what works, what creates a safe environment. All you have to do is go to Chicago to find out just how safe uh, gun bans are. Now, the Supreme Court just announced yesterday they're not going to review that yet. They wanted to go through the lower uh, courts. It doesn't mean they rejected the challenge. No, 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 uh, NBC News, that is bogus headlines. It means that the lower courts are going to have to do their thing before it comes to the Supreme Court. And I tell you what, that's typical for what we're fighting against. And uh, we appreciate you guys being here. Uh, let's bring on our uh, co-host and see if I push the right button. Scott Scott, now Scott, Scott, Scott. Are you now? You are there, Scott, right? I'm here, buddy. I made it. I'm just luckily no signal problems for me today. No signal, and in the studio with me. Yep. <laughs> hey, hey, Ursula. Uh, glad to have you guys here, trying to help out, trying to help an old. Uh, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm going to blame myself for all the technology. It can't be. It can't be the computers. I Mm, I don't know. What, what do you think, Ursula? Skynet. I think Skynet is uh, messing Skynet. with the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just straight up Skynet. Yep. Yep. We need John Connor here. Just say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John, where are you when yeah. you need you? Hey, guys, uh, I don't want to, since we got a, a late start, I want to mm -hmm. move right on to our featured firearm for today. It is the Springfield Armory XDM Elite. Scott, why don't you start with the introduction on this? What are well, we looking at? Talking, I can play with it. Oh, yeah, by the way, <laughs> yes, 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 in the yeah, studio, I got yeah. it in the studio, and, and Ursula, uh, I'm going to pass this right over to you, and you get the, the uh, lucky, honor lucky lady. of opening it up. It comes yep. in a nice case. Yeah. Yes. So uh, what we're looking at is the Spring, Springfield XD. This is the Elite Compact. Um, comes with uh, all the slide serrations and a little bit of grip texturing there, uh, beaver tail safety and the safety on the trigger. It's optic ready. Uh, the big kicker on this one is this is in 10 millimeter. Yes. So this, you know, you, you, you want to carry something small that'll drop a bear. 
you know, this would, this would be the the thing that you want to have on your hip out in the woods, right? Something something with this kind of this kind of knockdown power. Uh, it's got it's the compact model, so it has the three point eight inch barrel, but this mm-hmm. holds eleven plus one, so eleven in the magazine, one in the pipe of ten millimeter ought to be able to get you through just about any outdoor event that you might run into. So I don't know if Chris will let me borrow this for the weekend because I'll be doing Overland Expo and I'm camping. So yeah, <laughs> that Overland Expo, why not? So, but yeah, 11 rounds of 10 mil. That's actually pretty cool. And yeah. uh, one thing that uh, I'm going to give Spring some, Springfield some props here. This trigger is actually pretty nice. Like I've actually, some of the uh, very first XDMs or just XD period, like the triggers were horrendous. I'm going to throw that out there. But they made some improvements. So I do appreciate that. And this one is optic ready. Um, and it kind of looks like it will kind of call witness with a direct, I don't know what it's mounted for, but I could find out. But you still have your U-notch red optic, uh, red front sight optic fiber. Can't talk right now. Fiber optic. Um, and it actually feels pretty good. So nice little grip safety. I'm actually kind of used to that shooting a lot of 1911s and 2011s. So um, all in all, it's a nice, nice little package here. Normally 704, it's yours for 541. Now, Ursula, uh, I know you say you're going somewhere mm-hmm. uh, coming up. Let me like ask after you. The show. <laughs> yeah, after the show. What, where were you? this time yeah so um locally there's a, a range here called ben avery and the club that puts on uh uspsa matches uh every thursday night uh it's called cactus combat match league i've actually been a member for the last six years i'm actually on the board as well so uh this is a great opportunity for new shooters to come out there we do have a free mentor program and um speaking of running uh 1911 to 2011 so i was actually running my staccato xl and um, there was a lot of what we call hoser stages. So just a lot of just quick, fast, and just, just running. So that <laughs> that stage, I had to do a standing reload, which I hate doing. But Now, now this one, running. is this like shooting from your school desk? Is that what that is? This is like you have to go grab your gun. This is like breakfast in America. Okay, you breakfast, your gun, Arizona. <laughs> you your food, you grab, and you go. So... Uh, it looks like I a lot so of much fun. Well, what do you think, Scott? Uh, does it make you wish you were in Arizona? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't we don't have as many matches, you know, in my region. So we kind of go out and kind of create our own. But the uh, it would be a lot of fun to, to jump in on those to have a place yeah. that is running those night, day, you know, we just have all matches the time. Yeah. in the Phoenix area. We have matches every day except for. Mondays and Fridays. Every once in a while, there will be a Friday night match at another outdoor range, yeah. and it's like a full-blown night match. You can bring all the nods, all the toys, shoot all the things. Now, that tells you one thing. Uh, that gives you one reason why Arizona has more master shooters than mm-hmm. any other state. In fact, yes. I think all of the other states So what's combined. funny with practical shooting first started, a lot of it came out of Cali, but it kind of centralized in Arizona. Yeah, and uh, it's a, so it's like a Second Amendment-friendly state. Like... As opposed to Illinois, not the same. (laughs) Hey, guys, we're going to be right back after this short commercial break with our first guest, the Glock Collectors Association.
Hey, thanks for watching. You know, uh, if you haven't signed up for our email list, be sure you do that. Go to the bottom of any page at gunstuff.tv. We sell a lot of the products. Of course, the uh, Springfield that you just saw, we sell. And uh, so sign up and you'll get all kinds of stuff in your email box. Very, very useful information. Let's bring along our first guest here from the Glock Collectors Association. All right, so hey, Good. thanks for being here, Robert. You know, I'm real excited about this because, well, um, I like to highlight obscure brands. That's the whole thing of this show. <laughs> people that, uh, guns that people haven't really heard very much of, these really odd Austrian guns, uh, the Gluck, mm. uh, Glu Glock, Gluckenspiel, the Glockenspiel, yes. Yeah, the Glockenspiel. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the Glock Collectors Association and, and uh, why I'm a little bit off on this being an obscure firearm. <laughs> well, well, thanks for having me on the show. I, I really appreciate it. Um, Glock Collectors Association has been around since 1995. And back then, there were probably 11, 11 different Glocks. And now, according to my count, and this isn't including all the variations, there's got to be over 142. And the strange thing is they all look the same. They're all black. They're all blocky. And they've, you know, and they, they run like the Dickens. I mean, they, they're great performers. So the Glock Collectors Association was started. Um, I actually, um, I, I'm a gun writer as well. I wrote the book of Glock. I... Uh, I wrote uh, a story about the Glock Collectors Association, and I uh, interviewed the current president, uh, Stanley Rezolowski Jr., and he's got a, his collection of Glocks is just massive, just excellent, excellent collection. Anyway, um, Stan and I were talking, he says, hey, you've got to write a book. That's what we should do. And I said, yeah, right, Stan. I kept hanging up on him. Finally, he says, yeah, let's write the book. We wrote the book, and the, the book has been really successful. Um, and I, I thank Stan for that. I think the Glock Collectors Association. So as thanks uh, for uh, helping me out, um, Stan said, you know what, why don't you join the board? We'll make you treasurer and secretary and um, we'll go from there. And so what that means is I, I do everything. <laughs> Just kidding. But, um, um, yeah, so um, that's how we got where we are he, today with uh, the Glock Collectors Association. We have uh, a couple thousand members. We have a yearly uh, newsletter that, that comes out called the, uh, the Journal. And um, the real um, important thing about the, the Glock Collectors Association is we have been, um, we, we have the matrix. And the matrix is the uh, serial number letter prefixes of all the first run Glocks um, in the United States. So um, that's really helpful when you're trying to determine the uh, the value of a gun or if my gun's new. Robert was telling me that Glock didn't invent the striker fire pistol, but they sure made it popular, did they not, Robert? Mm -hmm. they, they sure did. I mean, um, I, I think back in the, uh, the, the PO8 Luger was, was a gun that used the striker fire yeah. mechanism. So it, it's, it, it's old technology, really. And then if you think about it, 12 years before Glock came out, H&K came out with the VP70, which is basically this, kind of the same thing. It's a polymer frame, double stack magazine, striker fire gun, but it didn't really go anywhere. 
So, but when Glock came out, they, they used similar technology. And, you know, I think it was part of it was the, the price point of the gun. It's a good, uh, you know, it's, it's accessible to a lot, mm-hmm. especially to, a you know, law enforcement who's looking to, you know, upgrade their, their revolvers, um, to, uh, a semi-automatic pistol. It was like, it was a bargain. And you know, we kind of equate a bargain to something that, might be cheap and not as good, but mm-hmm. that's not the case with a Glock. I, and there's been guys and, and gals that have been running, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of rounds through Glocks just to see, just to break them. And it's just like, you can't break them. Yeah. And that's the thing with them. So this is this Glock uh, that you just pulled up on the screen is really important. So when the Glock 17 came out, it was a full-size gun. Uh-huh. Law enforcement said, yeah, that's great, but you know, could you make it smaller? You know, we want something that's more um, compact and, and, and something that can be used undercover. So Mr. Glock said, you know, I can do that. So what he did is he actually literally took a G17, the full-size gun, and cut it down to create a G19 Gen 1. And that's what you're seeing right there. That's the first gun that Glock cut down. And um, there were nine of these that were sent to the ATF in 87 to get approved. The gun finally got approved. There were a few G, um, G19 Gen 1s that were actually made, made it into production. But a couple months later, Glock came out with the, with the, uh, the Gen 2 series. And so the G19 Gen 2 came out and the, the G1 was, was no longer. So these guns are really rare. And, you know, they're, they are probably like the holy grail of, um, for Glock collectors. Mm-hmm. The, this next gun that we have up, I wanted to go and, and show you more uh, a newer collectible gun. So this was when the, the G19X came out. That was like really a big deal because it had a full-size grip and the shorter slide of a G19. So it's basically a G17 and a G19 put together. But this one in particular has a, a Streamlight uh, tactical light with it. That's the same color, has the Glock logo on it. And it, they they came out from the factory that way, and they're 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 kind of rare, but they're more easily found than say a Gen One or a Gen Two gun in in good condition. So this one you might 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 know what's what's odd about this gun. So this is a a G twenty one short frame Gen Three, and it's got a Picatinny rail on it. No Glocks ever had a Picatinny rail, and um, this gun was made specifically for the U.S. Army handgun trials in um, 06. And um, that rail has not appeared on any Glock gun um, since. And uh, these are pretty rare. This, um, it's a G17 Gen 1. And this is uh, what, what's called by collectors a KCABC gun. So the Kansas Department of Revenue um, Alcohol Beverage Control was one of the first law enforcement units that or agencies that purchased the Glock. And so this is like one of the first agencies that, and one of the first Glocks used in the U.S. And this is another, you know, holy grail type of gun. Guys just go crazy about these guns. And on the right-hand side, yeah, you can see uh, on the the slide, it says ACABC. So, you know, alcohol beverage control. So these came out in, uh, that was 87, 88, they came out. So those are a pretty cool unicorn. Mm-hmm. This one, this is, yeah, these are 35C. So everyone knows there's a 35, right. and that's the long barrel 40 caliber. Mm-hmm. But there's never been a compensated one. And when the Kentucky 
uh, state police were thinking of uh, buying the 35Cs, um, they contacted Glock, and Glock says, yeah, we're going to do that. We'll, we'll make up a couple prototypes. And what's weird is prototypes usually don't get roll marks like this. And there were two that were made, and these two have the, uh, the C on it, and they're ported. You, you can't see that because that's at the top of the slide. But these are the only two guns in existence. Um, like this. This is the, uh, a cutaway, and everyone knows that um, sales teams use cutaway guns when they're trying to sell a gun. So, you know, uh, this is the actual gun that Carl Walter used, and he was the former president of, of Glock USA. He used this gun to demo in front of um, numerous uh, police chiefs across the uh, United States. So this gun has a lot of history. And, you know, this is the gun that probably most definitely pushed law enforcement to go with Glock. So it's really historically significant. So we're running close to the end of our, our segment here, guys. I, I, I uh, don't want to miss out on, on all of these. Just give you a, a, a just touch on some of the rest yeah. of these. So, so this is the uh, gun that Carl Walter uh, sent to Jeff Cooper over oh, at Gunsight. Yeah. And and it's if you blow it up, you can see the uh, zoom in on it. You can see that Jeff Cooper's name's on the side of the slide. He actually um, looked at this gun. And he, he didn't know what to do with it, so he threw it in the trash. And some of the guys at Gunsight pulled it out of the trash, and it ended up going to a pawn shop. And a buddy of mine owns this gun, too. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's, you know, pretty significant, you know. Mm -hmm. Um what are we on here? This is this is a Mariner. This is a gun that that came out a few years ago. It was um, originally built for a um, Southeast Asia country. Uh, most likely, it was the Philippines, but the contract was canceled, so they um, Lipsy's um, sold these on the commercial market. Um, what's cool about this? It's got the maritime cups in it, so if it falls in the water, the water will drain out of the uh, the striker channel and it, it won't jam up. This is the difference between um, a, uh, an FBI uh, Glock and uh, the commercial FBI one. The top one, you see the, the black on the cruciform there? Uh -huh. That is the coding that the FBI requested. So if, if someone tells you they have a real um, Glock, FBI Glock, you just need to crack it open. And, you see the, and if you see the silver cruciform there, you know it's a, a commercial FBI gun. So this is an ELP uh, Glock. So Glock did a, a run of factory engraved guns with gold inlays. And they're called ELP guns because of the uh, serial number prefix is ELP. And um, they went for anywhere from uh, up, upwards to $2,000. Now they're like 4000 6000 depending on the grade of engraving and inlays. So this is the uh, the Mark 27 Mod 2. This is the gun that um, SOCOM uh, purchased and renamed it the, the, the Mark 27 Mod 2. It's a, really a Gen, Gen 4 G19. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's what's pretty cool about this one, it's got a QR code imprinted on the bottom of the trigger guard. That's something that Glock has never done. Otherwise, other than that, it's, you know, it's got SOCOM tweaks in it. And, um, and yeah, and uh, there are quite a few of these made. So why did they do the QR code? Well, that's more for, you know, uh, keeping track of inventory and keeping track of, uh, of weapons when they, when they issue them. Okay. So and this one we'll is finish the, up with this one. Sure. This is the desert storm commemorative. It came out in 1991. You can't really see it, but on the top of the slide were the 30 coalition countries that were involved in operation desert storm, uh, 
50 of these guns were in a, a mahogany case lined with camo with a field knife and a couple um, extended magazines. Um, these are, um, this is one of the more commemorative uh, examples of a Glock. Well, Rob, and you can you, see some. You've amazed us with all <laughs> the different firearms. And uh, since there's 142 models and we only got through about 12 of them here, my guess <laughs> is we're going to be having you come back. And uh, Robert, <laughs> yes. tell our viewers how they can learn more about the Glock Collectors Association. You know, this goes to podcasts, so uh, people that are watching it sure. can see it. But tell our, how they find you. Sure. You can go to GlockCollectorsAssociation.org, and you can go to our website. Um, if you go there, you can use the uh, discount code GUNSTUFFTV, and you can use that for any of our fabulous merchandise or uh, a membership or uh, a signed autographed copy of Book of Glock. That is awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Robert. And uh, to you viewers, we're going to be right back after this short break with TBX Hunting. Uh, this is going to blow your mind. The headrest safe is quick and easy to use. Some may even call it a game changer. The headrest safe acts as a safety net, protecting your belongings while keeping them out of sight and out of bounds of others serving as security while also keeping your valuables inbounds. That's what the headrest safe provides for me. Game, set, match. Hey, thanks for watching. Uh, was there a Glock there that you were interested in? Hey, uh, you know, if you, if you are, you probably need a speed loader. But if you've got a muzzle loader, well, you might be in for a shock and uh, these next guys have got the answer for you and let me bring them on tbx hunting thanks jeff and mike for uh sticking around so patiently while we're uh pontificating and uh while i'm pushing the wrong buttons and uh, and so forth so t tell us a little bit about tbx hunting if you don't mind uh sure no problem thanks for having us on um this journey started about 10 years ago. Uh, this guy over here called me one night and said, uh, he missed a, missed a buck, couldn't get his second shot loaded during muzzleloader season, couldn't get it off in time, and I uh, pretty much vowed that that would never happen again. So being uh, an engineer and a machinist, we kind of put our heads together. Uh, the wheels started turning, uh, and we came up with a speed loader. Uh, initially, covering 100 grains of preformed pellets, uh, the 777 um, was our compact model, um, and we realized that we had a very good product, and if we were able to capture the loose powder market, that uh, we would have a total game changer. So that's what we did. Um, we ended up here with the compact uh, model, which which is for 100 grains preform, or up to. 50 grain smokeless. Yeah, your your standard load for smokeless is in the 40s, but um, capacity wise, it can hold up to 60 grains if you never have to use that full capacity. Then we have a Magnum model, which is a little bit uh, bigger in size that can handle up to 150 grains. Tell us yeah. a little bit about the popularity of muzzle loading. Why is it taken off, and, and what is the appeal uh, besides a longer hunting season right from the start, right? Yeah, I think that's it. Basically, people are looking for an extender season. Um, a lot of people, us, too, we, we fill the freezers from here. Mm -hmm. so Let, let's see how it works. Go ahead. You, you got, you're going to put it in there and show us? 
Yeah, so basically, um, this is our compact model. Um, what I did was we took your power carriers, your uh, bullet starters, your primers, and we got it all in one compact unit. Um, it's easy to load. So the end will unscrew. And we have a retainer disc. I'm going to have Jeff show you up close. He wants to show yep. up close. It's a perforated retainer disc. You see the perforations in there? Yeah. And once it's punched, it turns into a self-contained funnel and funnels all the powder into the barrel so you don't lose any, especially the loose powder, you won't lose any powder when you're loading. So basically that'll go in the end, screw the end on tight. And then this is your, now your bullet starter. We call it the actuator plunger. Um, I got some pellets here I made out of aluminum that are the same size as the preformed pellets. So we drop those in. Drop your bullet in. And basically, that's what you would carry as your as your tube now. So I carry two or three of these because this plunger is just a screw into the back. So after you spend one, all you do is turn that out of one, turn that into your next preloaded one, and that one's ready to go. And then shows how that goes onto your uh, into the into your rifle there. Yeah. So basically, this is just a mock barrel setup. Um, okay. When you're ready, it just goes over the top of the barrel, and you punch it down, and your powder goes to the bottom, and your bullet is into the top of the barrel. The units are fully waterproof. We've got an O-ring that when you screw it on, there's an O-ring at the end, the O-ring up here to seal off your, it seals off any water. Combines it basically contains your powder, your bullet, uh, protects it from the environment. Um, it gets rid of the need for a bullet starter. You don't have to carry powder tubes anymore. You know, everything's preloaded with your powder and your bullet and ready to go. So, how many would yeah. do you recommend uh, people carrying when they're out hunting? Well, what we have for sale, we had the speed loader for sale, um, and we also packaged an extra body kit. So, um, body kit will give you two extra carry tubes. Mm -hmm. um, I carry three personally. Not that I hope we never need that many shots, but and then we have our retainer list in a small package. So, it's uh, it's nice to have easy, convenient carry it in your hoodie. You know, I always have one or two in my hoodie uh, going out in the woods up here in New York, where it's cold and nasty weather all the time. So, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, it's the fastest, most reliable speed loader out there. You don't have to worry about. You know, everyone has the stories of dropping powder pellets or the bullet. Uh, I had a doe run underneath me one time, dropped a bullet. Um, I was trying to. Get the bullet started, and uh, on my second shot, not that I miss a lot, but, you know, sometimes that happens. So I don't know about you, but up here in New York, it gets cold during deer season. And like you combine that with maybe seeing a big buck and shooting at a big buck, I would have no prayer of dumping loose powder down the end of a barrel. With a oh, shaker. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. This is, yeah, so this is where our game changer came in. We really had a lot of interest in the compact design, and... Um, we figured out how to make it work with loose powder and we don't spill a drop and it's very fail safe to use. 
Yeah. With a system like that, it seems like it would be really, really easy also. Because uh, one of the things that I, I hunt muzzleloader season, season as well, and I've had the exact same problem. You get a shot off, but you always, because you don't know, you know, by the time the smoke clears, you don't know if, 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 you, if you got a, a, a good clean shot on or not. So you immediately start to reload your muzzleloader. But a lot of times you don't get a follow-up shot. So if you missed, you're done. But then also trying to reload your muzzleloader because you're going to have gloves on it's going to be cold out you know trying to do all that with those gloves on and everything all bulked up like that makes it really really difficult so just being able to put that on there and smack it uh to start the bullet and and get the powder in would be a really a really huge advantage yeah hey, who are we I looking just at imagine. here on this uh, photo guys that is barry breakbell he is the world champion muzzleloader shooter for cva uh, we met him at the SHOT Show in Las Vegas in January, and uh, I was able to give him a couple to take home with him, and he was very impressed with it. I bet he was. Very nice. Yeah, it, it, it was his, um, he told me it was a game changer for hunting, for muzzleloader hunting. Uh, Texas Stump Jumper would like to know the price point. So we have, right now, they're available, we're selling them online at the website at tbxhunting.com. Um, the compact models... Um, speed loaders, uh, $125. So was, that's listed at $24.95. Uh, the Magnums, a couple of dollars more, um, a little bit bigger unit. Um, we do have a special, and the body kits again are, are right around the $22 price range, but we have, uh, you know, basically a, a, a full package um, sale going on with the speed loader, the two extra body kits, and uh, Total of 20 retainer discs, um, which I believe is $55, $55 price point for, for the full package. I'm assuming this cuts your reload time well in half. Yeah, you know, my biggest thing, too, is is you, you don't have to fumble for anything in your pockets anymore. Everything's in one unit, and it's at your fingertips when you're ready to go. So, you know, a lot of people carry primers in a little bag either in your pocket, and, and good luck finding them. But now... I mean, they're popped right at your fingertips as soon as you spend the speed order. Yeah, and you know, normally this season is in the colder winter months, and your hands uh, are not coping that well. You've been sitting out there. Uh, I'd say this is a boon to a muzzle loader everywhere. Now, I, I, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of folks that want to learn a little bit more about it. Oh, Ursula, go ahead. You, she's got one uh, some comments. Yeah, another here. question. Question. Uh, she's got another question. Jeez, uh, somebody actually, Kevin Schultz wants to know are those multi caliber? Uh, right now, these are 50 caliber. Uh, we are doing some testing as of right now. I believe they're going to work as 45 caliber. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, we, that they're labeled as 50 caliber for right now because we're doing some more testing now. Yeah, we took the most popular caliber. I'm thinking 50 caliber is probably the most popular caliber to make it work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is all brand new. <laughs> Well, we're getting lots of comments here. Uh, if folks want to learn a little bit more and maybe buy this online, how do they do that? Um, we have a website up and running. It's, again, tbxhunting.com. Um, and send us a, shoot us an email with any other questions, um, which would just be sales at tbxhunting.com. Um, we're more than welcome to any questions and uh, there's some phone numbers on the website if you want to give us a call and talk through some anything you need to. 
-hmm. I can't see why any person that owns a, a muzzle loader would not want this yeah. and want, you know, he said three. I, I, I mean, I'd go out with three dozen of these if I was out there. <laughs> and I'd probably need all the shots at the same time. Uh, but, hey, guys, I, I think it makes sense. It's tbxhunting.com, and you call it the pop shot. Am I right on that? Yeah. A great, great name. A great name. So, guys, we're going to have you back on the show, uh, get closer to hunting season, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll do a big promo and push this out there for you to our uh, viewers. Scott, uh, what about people in Kentucky? You think they're going to be interested in this? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm still fumbling with all the other stuff, you know, the, the different ways to, to handle it. And especially the people who shoot the loose powder that to me, this is a, this is an absolute godsend for, for them, you know, and the people that use the pellets, it, there are a few ways to make it a little easier, but none, none are as easy as this. So it, to me, it's just one of those things that you're just going to, you're just going to have to go out there and get as part of your kit. Well, guys, we'll have you back on again very soon, and uh, I want you folks to, to stick around here, and, and we're going to be right back uh, after this short commercial break, and don't you dare change that dial, okay? The one thing I can tell you about my family, it's bred into us when I quitters. facts and firearms when we started this channel oh it's been eight years ago i had no idea just how many products there are out there this is a cornucopia of uh interesting stuff here at, at gun stuff uh our, our next guest is internalscopecap.com and seth uh seth lowell is with is with us been waiting patiently in the wings seth uh, welcome to the show Thank you very much for having me, guys. I appreciate it, your time and effort. And tell us a little bit about internal scope cap. And, sure. and so, what, what does that mean? So the internal scope cap, uh, my company is called Lurses 3. And basically, <clears throat> I was a reconnaissance team leader in the Army. I was part of 2nd 75th Range Regiment, 1st to the 23rd Striker Brigade Combat Team, and 158 Infantry. So I was over in... OEF 1 and 2, and OEF 7 and 8. And um, during Iraq, I was a reconnaissance team leader. And then in Afghanistan, I was a sniper and an infantry squad leader. So I had a lot of technical knowledge and, and hands-on experience with a lot of different uh, equipment. And uh, I came across a lot of shortcomings, um, mainly the scope caps. Um, as a sniper, you have a very expensive... Uh, weapon system with a very expensive scope on there, all different type of thermals and lasers. And a lot of that hinges all around the optic. And unfortunately, the optic was protected by a plastic flip up cap um, with just like a 30 cent spring in there. Uh, what happened with me in my specific uh, situation was I was going out on a mission in Afghanistan. Uh, the sun had warped my scope cap and didn't allow it to stay shut. So I was moving into my position. I ended up falling. My scope cap broke off. And then I'm in my hide site overlooking my target on the side of a mountain 
directly into the sun. And I was panicking because, you know, the glint and glare could have given away my position and that would have been my life over a cheap scope cap. So I came back and I, I addressed the, the problem and they said, get another scope cap. You can drill a hole in it or you can use duct tape and, you know, kind of make yourself a little window to, to hide that out. And I just refused to accept that. So when I got home, I looked at how high speed cameras worked and how they protected their different optics and uses, used an iris to control the amount of light that came in and out, um, you know, to reach that optic. So I redesigned a specific product, the ISC, into an advanced optical protection device that has a honeycomb. It has then an iris, and then behind it, it has a laser filter unit, which is designed to stop high-powered lasers from damaging your eye. So I created a modular system that can be taken apart and reconfigured to fit any mission um, that's going to provide you protection from laser damaging strikes to your eyes and also defeat pulse detection systems that use IR pulses that reflect off of your glass to give away your position to which they can get a 10-digit grid, um, you know, a ballistic solution. And then at that point, you're pretty much a equipment delivery boy for the enemy. Uh, the, uh, I, I tell you what, I, I, what you face over there uh, is something that, you know, yeah. I, I think politicians, they're just so willy nilly send people over there and to risk their lives in for questionable motives. Now, I, I'm saying that, you know, uh, uh, Scott's a, a former Marine. Uh, you know, we all love severing the country, but uh, it's nice to at least to have a, a, somebody thinking of a better way of doing it. Scott, sounds like this is something you yeah. would have liked as a Marine sniper. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, and just and, and just like he's talking about, you, you know, we we quite literally we put uh, we duct taped pantyhose over the end of our scopes to to block glint and glare. We put duct tape over and cut little slits in it, like he was talking about. Because back back when I was doing it, they, you weren't even issued scope caps. You just you had just a you made a scope sock that went over it so you weren't given even that equipment but the 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 amazing thing is is that that domain has advanced so far that he had to come out and, and figure out a way i didn't even realize that that guys are out there getting disabled by lasers uh you know and these and these pulse systems that are detective that you know they send it sends out a pulse it reflects off your glass comes back and it lets them know that there's a sniper out there you know so for something this is something that's just so hard to uh overlook that something gives you away just that quick because like you said they pull that grid they get that they get that 10 digit grid coordinate and they get that that azimuth all that stuff of of showing exactly where you're at and how far out you are and they all they got to do is just drop some mortars in that general area and you're done so now the the government's invested you know hundreds if not thousands of hours training this soldier and and millions of dollars in, in investing in them and the in the kit and the training and everything uh and then now it's just it's, it's destroyed by you know a mortar strike because of a simple uh problem like this uh but oh, the yeah. big thing is you know even if you don't get hit you could still be disabled by the lasers could you uh, expand on that a little bit for us exactly yeah so it's even worse now because in the past they could get like what you're saying a ballistic solution to your location and they could either snipe you or drop a mortar around on you um obviously it takes that equipment to be used 
to injure or harm the person that they're going after. So they've even uh, made it even more advanced now where they're using these pulse detection systems to find you. I mean, you could be hidden, taking days to crawl into position, think you're hidden. And if just even a smallest amount of your glass is exposed, you show up like a flash on the screen. So beyond just getting the 10 digit grid and the ballistic solution to your location, they now have these pulse detection systems that are linked up to EOD munition destroying lasers. So right now in the conflict that's going on between Ukraine and Russia, what they have is tank mounted lasers. And then they have these systems that I was just talking about. And basically what they'll do is they'll scan the area. They'll look for a glint and then they'll recognize that as a soldier. And then what they'll do is they just turn on the EOD munition destroying laser, which can melt a hole in a mortar round up to 300 yards away. But it can absolutely blind you out to 1500 to 2000 meters. And then they'll just turn that on, laze you, and literally melt your scope and blind you like that. Also, I have a follow-up question on that, if it's okay. Um, the so this this is engineered specifically for uh, sniper rifle stuff like that, right? Do you have one that's going to be uh, available in the future? Because even now, you know, like the Marine Corps, they they're all running Trigicons and, and stuff like that, and so they've got the glass and yep. all this. Like, is that an can right there? Is that an can yeah. behind it? Yeah, so I make them for every single style of optic from night vision goggles all the way up to spotting scopes and everything in between. So from 24 millimeters all the way up to about 72 millimeters, you have different options for attaching the scope cap via a press fit boot or by adding a direct thread adapter, which allows you to screw the whole unit directly into the scope for a more streamlined, um, you know, capability. Cool. Very nice. So I, I've done about 35 different adapters um, for all the top military models, everything from ACOGs to PVS-14s to LCANs to all the long-range scopes, the mid-range scopes, the, the one to eight attackers. Um, I mean, you name it. Uh, whatever optic basically needs to be protected, I have NDAs with most every single top-end um, optics company. So as the military reaches out or they get a different optic or whatever, um, I'll get in contact with those companies. Um, I have NDA in place. I'll get the thread specs and then I'll create the adapters for the military as needed from there. So uh, this isn't yeah. the only product you have uh, and you have more. And I tell you what, I don't think we're really doing justice to them all, but let's just touch on them here before we let you go. Uh, sure. What are we looking at here? And I'm going to zoom well, in on it too while we're talking. Sure. So this is a, not so much a military item as much as it is a hunting or like target shooting item. So I have bad knees, bad back, bad ankle for military service. And I like to go to the range. I like to shoot a lot and I like to go out hunting and I like to do all that other different kind of stuff. And, you know, because of my knees and back, I can't always get in the right position. It's hard to get at. And so I wanted to create a, a seated shooting position that transformed from two walking sticks that you could use to get into your position that would then rapidly turn into a, a fully supported seated shooting position that you could put together in less than a minute. So it comes with a, uh, a cane that turns into a seated tripod chair, and then it has a arm that connects to a carbon fiber monopod there. Mm. And then at the bottom, there is a tripod attachment um, to help with stability. And then it has a ball head with an arca, uh, an arca adapter which then attaches to a aluminum gun vise. All this comes in a nice hard case, a locking hard case, and uh, it just creates a way for you to have a nice, solid, seated shooting position 
and it's rated for up to 220 pounds. And uh, what are we looking at here? Another This product. is called the, this is now, this is great product called the FTA3. So this is a silencer adapter that is an external Nielsen device. And what this does is it allows you to shoot pistol and rifle without having to change anything to your silencer. So for you to use a silencer on your Glock or whatever, you would have to have a Nielsen device that allows, you know, the, uh, the weapon to function or you'd only get one shot before it mm -hmm. jammed up. So I engineered a Nielsen device that could be used on a rifle. And then I also engineered it so that <clears throat> it's multi-caliber. So a lot of people don't want to buy a ton of silencers. They don't want to have to wait for a year. So now you can buy one one multi-caliber silencer. It allows you to go from 223, 5.56, 22LR, and 9mm. And then what you would do is you would take that muzzle device there at the bottom, which is half by 28 threaded, mm -hmm. and you would put it on all the different rifles and pistols um, that fall within those calibers that are supported by your silencer and the FTA-3. And then you can instantly go from rifle to pistol amongst all those calibers with one silencer and one FTA-3. Well, to wrap up, let's look, take a look at this. And I'm going to zoom in on this, too, because sure. uh, I'm not sure what we're looking at. So this is called the Penetrator. Now, what this is is a titanium shank-type tool. So this is EAR-99 rated as a tire deflating tool. So basically what this is, it would come together. Um, it's a little like carrying handle like this. And then you would unscrew it. And you flip it around and you go like this and you put it together and then you have a way to easily puncture a tire and other difficult things to get through um, with this device here these are air relief valves you know um, uh -huh. it's, it's cut on there and everything so this is actually considered a tool uh, by the united states government i can ship this overseas it's ear 99 rated um, I do have some disclaimers on it for it in the box and everything. So um, it is important because it is scary looking um, that you, you know, understand what you're buying. But it is technically considered just a tool by the United States government, not a weapon. Okay. Scary looking. And uh, I guess that's the middle name of this show. Scary looking. Hey, so uh, there, there, you have a lot of websites. Before we go, uh, tell us uh, right on the screen, we can see internalscopecap.com. But for yeah. our podcast viewers, and also you have other uh, websites too. Uh, maybe you could tell us right now before we uh, bid you adieu. Absolutely. So if you guys are looking to get some of my earlier versions at the scope cap at a reduced price, you can head over to opticsplanet.com and you can get some of the V2s that I have, which has the honeycomb that's built in, which isn't easily removable. It doesn't have every bell and whistle as the military versions, but you're still able to get a quality product for hunting and light control from there. Uh, if you go to internal scope cap, you can get some of the military models that are neutered into civilian versions where the honeycombs can screw off. Um, and you can order direct from me that way. Um, I have another website called www.lurses3.com. That's where you can get uh, different whoopee jackets that I have, um, different constant concealed jackets that allow you to hold your weapon and quickly deploy it, um, and the penetrator. And then I have a separate website for the FTA-3, which is www.fta-3.com. Well, Seth, thanks for being on the show today, and uh, we're going to have to follow up with you in the future, and uh, let's talk to you about 
offline, uh, and Scott, maybe you can get involved in this too, uh, adopt a sniper. You know, I, I need to find a way to get this in the hands of yeah. uh, people that need it. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I think it, it really makes sense. And if you guys are watching, put some comments in there and uh, tell us uh, about your favorite Marine or whoever's out there. They all could use this. Seth, thanks for being on the show. We appreciate you your guys. time. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Guys, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for everything. And until that time, be sure to get your stuff from Gun Stuff.